coming up on the Orthopreneur Podcast. The point of view character is literally dang- dangling from probably a cliff. At this stage, I will change to like a B storyline. Welcome to the Orthopreneur Podcast. I'm your host, mystery author, Amelia D. Hay. On this podcast, I will bring you writing, book marketing, and self-publishing advice so that you can create your dream author business, build your author platform, and be creatively independent. You can find the episode show notes and lots more information on the podcast page at authorpreneurpodcast.com forward slash podcast. Hello writers, welcome to the third instalment of my mini-series on how I outline a novel. For those of you who are unaware, in the first episode I discuss how I go from fleshing out a story idea to a basic outline. In episode TAP035, which is the second instalment of this mini-series on outlining, I focus on sharing the steps in my outlining process that help me to create a structurally sound story with scenes that actively move the story forward. And in this episode, I'm going to share more of those steps and a whole bunch of things that I do that I add to my outline spreadsheet that are purely there to help me outline but I don't necessarily use in the first draft. If you haven't listened to episode TAP034 and episode TAP035 I highly recommend you pause here and go back and listen to those shows. This episode is not scripted because I want it to be a chat about how I outline a novel. In saying that I have compiled a list of steps and broke down exactly how I outline a story. Each of these steps has a bullet point list of notes to help me stay on track. I'm sharing this with you so you know that I've thought about this episode in detail. Before I dive into my outlining process, here's what you need to know. I write scenes, not chapters. Division into chapters happens after the outlining phase. I write murder mysteries with more than one point of view character. My outlining process takes a lot of work and is really an extensive outline or zero draft. You don't have to follow my process exactly. Feel free to pick out and choose the aspects that may work for you. A lot of what I do is because I write in the mystery genre. This process has evolved over the course of writing five fiction works in the mystery genre but not all of them have been published because I wrote them out of order and some of them are waiting to be published and it usually takes 32 hours over a 15 day period to complete this type of outline including editing the outline for a novella so if I wrote a 70,000 word novel it probably would take 64 hours or a full month and out of those 15 days I quoted for the novella I don't work on the outline consecutively quite often I'll work in bursts and some I will only work on the outline or the pre-writing phase for an hour and I'll class that as a writing day but in the total of hours it's only one hour if that makes sense. Before we get into the content, if you're interested in reading the transcript or would like links to anything that I've mentioned in the show, then check out the very long blog post or edited transcript at orthopreneurpodcast.com forward slash TAP036. For those of you who are new to this podcast, I want to say a huge thank you for stopping by and trying out my show. To those of you who have been faithfully listening, thank you for regularly listening in and supporting me. Your support means more to me than you know. Step number 12 is I define the questions raised in the scene. And I put these in a column 
creatively titled scene question. So in every scene, there will be plot questions raised. And I add these, I just write these out as questions and slap them in the cell for the for each particular scene. And sometimes there's more than one question. Sometimes there is two questions that are raised. And when I edit my outline, I do go back and I double check that these questions are answered later in the story. I don't necessarily answer them in the next scene and I don't wrap these up immediately. It's just a, he has to, I make James work for the answers to the questions. I, but I do need to make sure that by the time we come around to the last act of the story, that these questions are answered in that and proof is and evidence collected to prove that the bad guy committed the crimes is collected in that final act as well. So I do go through and it is quite a process but this is where I get that information to create that process as I'm already putting it together here. Step number 13 is I define the cliffhanger for each scene. So usually I just ask myself a very basic question is how am I going to end this scene? Usually I end a scene on a cliffhanger where the character needs more information or answers, especially in a murder mystery because it's really an investigation. And I can't really comment as to how you would end a scene on a cliffhanger in a romance or in the sci-fi genre because I've never written in these genres and I just can't tell you. I'm sorry. So there are four types of cliffhangers and I do have written these out and I've put them on an owl-shaped sticky note on my pin board just to remind me when I get stuck. So the first one is peril cut. So the point of view character is literally dang dangling from probably a cliff. At this stage I will change to like a B storyline or the villain's team doing something bad. The next one is a blackout and it's exactly that. It's the character blacking out at the end of the scene and you think, oh my god, what's going to happen next? Number three is character-based. So I reveal something relating to the character, like a secret they've been trying to hide, or the character discovers something which is a plot reveal. And usually that they want that plot reveal to be enticing to encourage the reader to turn the page. Or it's emotional cliffhanger, where the point of view character or the reader has an emotion based on something that's happened in the plot. This is easier to do when you're further on in the book and the reader has really connected with the main character and they're being kidnapped or by the bad guy or someone they're really close to that they really love is being hurt by the villain and there's a chance that the main character may not get there in time to save them so you think oh my god this character is literally going to die before the main character saves them so this is usually something that's easier to do in the confrontation I'm just going to pull up a spreadsheet usually this is something that happens in the events leading up to yeah, usually this happens in the confrontation. So it's easier to have an emotional cliffhanger in the confrontation scene or a peril cut or a blackout. But a lot of my cliffhangers are character-based or plot reveals or are em more emotional moments, emotional cliffhangers. And I did actually get this information from a blog post I found online. And at this stage, I can't remember that, remember which one it is. Okay, um, the four types of cliffhangers is I got this from a blog 
called The Right Practice and there's an article and it's called The Cliffhanger, How to Write a Story Your Readers Can't Put Down. And it's written by Jocelyn Chase. And in this, they do talk about the peril cut, the blackout, the character reveal, the plot reveal, and the reader reveal as character-based cliffhangers and an emotional cliffhanger. And they go into it in great detail and they have some really interesting examples, real-life examples of emotional cliffhangers. And some of these are from movies. Oh, no, this is a book too. And books, sorry. So that's from The Right Practice. I will leave a link to this article in the show notes in your favourite podcasting app and over on the blog post. If you've heard something useful in this episode that was helpful to you and you'd like to support the show, then buy me a coffee for as little as two US dollars at buymeacoffee.com forward slash author Adie Hay. Step 14 is like a two-step process. It is define the scene type and the storyline. Usually in a novella, there's only one storyline. So that column is all the same letter. In a novella, short story or novel, I will write the plot, the various plot lines. And I've done that for duplicity. So because this is a part of the James Lon mystery series, that's my main series. And I've got another series that branches off from this. The global story, which is story storyline A is who killed the person that is murdered in the story. Plot B is a part of the series arc and it's exclusively to do with James. So each story you learn a little bit more about James. In Missing I had to destroy his life to get him to move out of his comfort zone. So that's that was the purpose of that story. So in the next story he's, he learns something about his past and he's now starting to question everything he's known about himself. So he's got that. There is a romantic subplot, but I've listed this as story C, storyline C. So that's the romantic subplot. And the series arc is actually story B. So in a column next to every scene, I have whether it's A, B or C storyline. And sometimes some scenes cover both like A and B. Sometimes I'll have A and C in the same scene and I'll write that in there. But predominantly most of the story is storyline. Line A and these other moments crop up but eventually I have to resolve that throughout the series but it's more of a series thing so in that column there's a, there's a whole bunch of letters and they mean something to me and I've defined those letters in a different tab in the spreadsheet in another column I have also another list of letters and this column is labeled scene type so this helps me to make sure that I'm definitely writing a mystery and not a thriller or a suspense novel And these letters are relating to the type of scene that I've just created for the story. And I got these scene types from a book by Chris Fox and it's called Plot Gardening. This really helps me. It helps turn a light bulb on for me. And I sort of think I'm so glad I brought that book because it's helped my writing in a way that I didn't expect. So these scene types are action, suspense, need and reversal. So I've just, I've literally in the column, you'll only ever see A, S, N or R next to these scenes. So an action is an event that moves the story forward, not necessarily blowing things up. So it's action in terms of things taking place in a story. But if there, if I did blow up a building, that 
scene would have an A. So a surprise is a revelation or plot reveal. Need is relates to question. You know, the protagonist is trying to get some information. They're asking questions. And the reversal is a big reveal. Labeling these scenes helps me to figure out if I have enough scenes for a mystery. In a mystery, I need a lot of surprise and need scenes, as well as a few action and reversal scenes. But the majority need to be surprise and need and you'll see the majority of these scenes in act in act two i'm just looking at the outline spreadsheet for duplicity and in the third act there are a few reversal scenes and surprise and need scenes whereas in the second the second act there it's mainly s and n scenes surprise and need scenes with a few action scenes sprinkled throughout whereas in the first act there are quite a few action scenes a need and a surprise scene a couple of surprise scenes because he's in the first act the character is generally reacting to what's taking place and at the point of no return which is it's usually the last scene as you go into act two is where the the character commits to what's going on and they decide to see it through up until that point he can walk away but it's in this scene that he he suddenly has skin in the game and he's a part of the story now and he's actively pursuing something. So that's why there's a change in Act 2 where it's mostly and surprise and need scenes because he's proactively chasing a resolution to his problem or the problem that he's seeing in his life that he's decided that he's definitely going to be a part of this. And I think this is one of the things that helped me realise that I'm writing in the mystery genre and not any other genre within the mystery thrillers suspense broader category this and a course i did by dean wesley smith but this particular scene type thing i got from plot gardening by chris fox i'm not sure if i mentioned this but i will include a link to this book in the show notes in your favorite podcasting app and as a link over on the blog post and the link in the blog post will probably be an affiliate link for from amazon so probably get a penny if you buy it So step 15 is, it's basically an an amalgamation of all the other quirky things I do in my outline spreadsheet that don't help me as I progress to writing the first draft. Once I set these things, I tend to forget about them, but they're important for me to set. So I've included these together in one little section. So here they are. I have three separate columns, one for the date, one for the weekday, and one for the time the scene occurs because I want to make sure that enough time has passed between the scenes for James to have moved between locations and things like that that it's that what is happening is actually happening in a realistic time frame and once I set this I forget about it but it's not important to the outlining phase it's just something that I do before I write the first draft that helps me create a sense of realism another column that I have is foreshadowing so I write down that I've got something in a particular scene 
because it's foreshadowing something to come. But once I write that, I tend to forget about it because usually this thing is anchored down in the either the turning point columns, the conflict stakes, scene question or cliffhanger, or it's written in the notes. So which I tend to use as scene blocking notes. Then there's a column that's either labeled red herrings or misdirection. And this is something purely related to the mystery genre. So there are things like when James investigates uh, murder, he usually has a few theories about what might have taken place. And he'll discover these theories as he goes through and interviews people. And not all of these options will pan out. Only one person will end up or a group of people, depending. I haven't done a group of people, actually. Usually it's one person. Oh, no, actually, that's not true. Usually it's a group of people. Person or persons who committed the crime for various reasons. And some of them will be red herrings. And I need to remember this is actually red herring. So I'll put it in that particular column. But once again, I'll once I set it, that's fine. I've established that this is a red herring because usually the red herring will come up as a scene question. And as I go through and edit my outline, I will make sure that these things are resolved. Then there's this column that I do. I'm not sure if it's actually helpful, but I rate the scene's intensity out of 10. And this is intensity from the perspective of the reader. So as they're reading it, I want to know how intense the reading experience is for them. Is it a five? Is it a something that a little bit more intensity, like a seven, nine, or a nine out of ten? I never put a ten because I think that's just obnoxious. But as the the story progresses, the scenes become more intense. Like you're more likely to see the occasional five at the start of Act Two, but once you sort of get past, you start seeing more sevens, eights, nines as you go through the rest of act two and into act three, the scenes, there's no scenes in act three that are above, that are below a six or a seven, unless it's something that sort of happens after the climax and it's a return to the real world. So this scene sort of ramps down a little and then the story shoots back up in the epilogue where I sort of start something else. But again, that's something I set and forget. As I'm setting it, I do go back and look at the scene and I do think how intense is this going to be for the reader so it is something that's checked but once I set it up it's I forget about it and then I do the scene goal and this is different from the character's goal this is more for me like why have I put this scene in there what am I hoping to achieve by this and this is something I did for duplicity that I might not have done with missing that I definitely didn't do with my first book although maybe I'm wrong I just checked all my spreadsheets and this is something that I started with missing that I took over to doing when I wrote The Lawn, which is a short story, Duplicity, and then The Candidate, which is another novella that I've published. So I have actually taken this process as I've gone along. If I haven't mentioned this already, this scene goal is basically answers the, the obvious question, why is this scene in the story? Why is it necessary? Why is it relevant? And this stops me from writing self-indulgence scenes that don't move the story forward that I'm attached to for whatever reason because I think the writing is great I think it's funny or I just like it for me this isn't a good enough reason to have in a scene but if that's good enough reason for you then that's fine but for me it's just it's not 
And this is more personality based too. Sorry, this isn't something that I do, but I think it could be quite helpful, especially if you have an issue with having scenes that don't serve the story. Is you could have a column that just talks about what the character's goal is, the point of view character's goal in the scene. What are they hoping to achieve in this scene? And again, I would just write it out as a goal. X is trying to achieve this. And this is something I have had to do for Duplicity is I have a narration point of view column because in Duplicity I have certain scenes from a particular character's point of view in first person and all of James's scenes are in third person and this particular character I've written them, written them in first person because I wanted to hide their identity for as long as humanly possible because it was integral to the story. But as you discover who this person is, it becomes pointless for me not mentioning them. So occasionally you'll get someone referencing their name in the scene, but I keep still writing this character's scene in first person. But I have a column just to remind me, oh, this scene needs to be first person and this is the third person scene. I have to admit, I don't like my first person scenes, scenes that I've written from a first person narration, narrational point of view, but it is what it is. I think that could be just my own insecurity, but I'll find out eventually, I guess. So that's everything that I do in terms of outlining. It is a lot and you don't have to follow all of these steps. If you find something that you think, oh, that'll help me, feel free to add it to your own process, but don't necessarily feel that you have to add all of these things in. Seriously, pick and choose what works for you. You can still do value shifts, scene goals, character goals, getting clear on the climax of the scene, the um, conflict. If you only flesh out the important story structure scenes in the book, if that's all you flesh out is those 12 important scenes, I've forgotten, maybe it's 8 to 12 important scenes. If you flesh those out and that's it, that's all you need, and you want to do the turning points and other things to help you create structurally sound scenes, then good for you, do that. But you don't necessarily have to do everything. this episode gives you a few things to consider as you outline your first or next book. As always, I have a few important questions to ask. How do you outline your novels? Or how are you outlining your first story? I want to hear from you. Come on over to the blog post at authorpreneurpodcast.com forward slash TAP036 and share your process or struggles with outlining in the comments section. Thank you for listening and happy reading and writing everybody. Thank you for listening to the Authorpreneur podcast. If you love this episode, then hit the subscribe button and leave a review on your favorite podcasting app. I'm your host, Amelia D. Hay, and I'll see you next week for another episode.